It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Well, that was a surprise. Gotta love live Olympics where you go to break, you can watch an entire race unfold, and that's exactly what happens. A 18 to 1 dog, Hansel Parchment. I'm sure I'm butchering that name. From Jamaica, he wins 13.04 in the 110 meter hurdles. Grant Holloway from the United States. From Chesapeake, Virginia, he wins silver, and he holds off Ronald Levy for silver by one one-hundredth of a second. He just gets the silver, and then uh, Devin Allen from the United States gets bronze at 13.14. So very, very close race, a bit of a shocker. Uh, as Parchment from uh, Jamaica wins by five one-hundredths of a second. Holloway was winning the majority of that race, and then after that final hurdle, Holloway uh, started to fade just a little bit back. Parchment gets the gold, 18-1. to 1. He brings it home. Thank you, Wes Reynolds, as always. I put down the top three favorites, and I did not include Jamaica's Parchment. Uh, I put down Ronald Levy. Devin Holloway, they were both, or Devin Allen, excuse me, they were both 12 to 1. Grant Holloway, minus 700. So the United States 4x100 relay tonight failed to qualify for the final. I'm not going to say Grant Holloway is a disappointment. I'm sure he's disappointed. You'll win a silver medal in the Olympics. It's a pretty damn impressive uh, performance and uh, should be, uh, you know, honored for that. But yeah, minus 700. I'm sure he's a bit bummed. Hell of a uh, upset there. 18 to 1. If anyone, uh, 
If anyone out there knew, it's good and payday for a 13-second race. Think about that. Think about that, Jeff. Betting track and field sprints. You bet it, and it's you find out your answer in 13 seconds. You don't have to wait it out like basketball or football or anything like that. 13 seconds later, you're like, oh, I, I won or I lost. You know, you know what's even better, Tim? Placing a bet on a track and field event that takes place while you're sweet, sleeping, and then you check your account and the money's in it like I did last night. <laughs> that was the best one of the entire time for me. Because uh, I, I took uh, DeGrasse and uh, oh, yes. in the 200 meter. Won the 200. Who, uh, won the 200 uh, uh, over a pair of Americans uh, last night. Uh, but look, uh, again, a very impressive finish by Parchment, who really... Uh, Holloway had that race completely under control for 95 meters. Yeah, it looked and, like he was going to win it with ease. Yeah, and then Parchman just coming from behind. Also, Parchman is, is kind of in the Usain Bolt build. He is a large man. And the fact that that large of a man can run that fast, fast just defies logic to me, Tim. Well, it's like the dude who won uh, the 100, 100 meter uh, from Italy. He, yeah, he was a big guy too. A big dude. Um, but yeah, uh, as they're showing a pretty cool graphic on NBC right now, showing uh, how the race kind of played out. And uh, Parchment, uh, I guess, peaked at 21.4 miles per hour. They're jumping over hurdles. By the way, yeah, with Holloway not winning, mm -hmm. this is likely going to be the first Olympic Games since. 1896, not counting the Moscow games that the United States, of course, boycotted, that American men will have struck out on winning gold in any individual running event wow. in the Olympics. 1896, which was the first games. That is... Uh, Stunning. That is something. And uh, apparently Carl Lewis has gone to Twitter and is uh, <laughs> very critical uh -oh. of the... Uh-oh. Uh -oh. uh, Ryan Krauser... Uh, is is taking care of business so in uh, in shot put right now so we got that going for us we're one two in shot put so uh, Krauser set three different Olympic records so far yeah so we, we got that going for us all right let's get you updated on the Dodgers and Astros uh, Sarah Perlman going to join us in just a moment uh, the Dodgers leading seven to one in Max Scherzer's debut he gave up a home run in the first inning and he does what Scherzer does he has calmed down and the Dodgers offense has exploded. And now I'm kicking myself for not betting more on the Astros, or excuse me, the Dodgers run line in the first half, uh, first five, I should say. They lead seven to one. Jake Odorizzi still out seven runs, four homers, four home runs. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray, my own partner in crime. Sarah Perlman coming up right now. the nightcap hour number two here on VSIN. We've got a semifinal in men's basketball coming up next hour. The United States taking on Australia. Latest check of the line. No movement. Continuing to stay pretty much 12. There is an 11 and a half out there. So if you like the U.S., you can get an 11 and a half. Uh, but mostly 12s out there. That's what it opened. Haven't seen much movement. I've got Australia uh, plus the 12 and plus the six and a half in the first half. Uh, that game coming up next hour and i'll also talk to kenny white next hour as well but right now thrilled to bring on a uh, a good friend a former colleague and she's doing great things for nbc sports uh follow her on twitter at sarah perlman sarah thanks for staying up late you uh by the way sarah once i left and moved to vegas you know what she did 
she got a house less than five miles away from my old house. So, you know, I, I see how it is, Sarah. It makes sense. You know, once I move away, you say, oh, that's a great neighborhood. I'll move in. Well, to be fair, I'm not here the whole year, but you know I like you, and I'm staying up way past my bedtime on the East Coast here. <laughs> that is true. You are staying up late, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll remove the criticism there. We appreciate you staying up late. Uh, make sure to follow Sarah on Twitter. She's always uh, tweeting out. Uh, great quality content that they've got going over there uh, at NBC Sports, at Sarah Perlman. So uh, let's start with a little uh, little baseball, and we'll get into some football. Um, yeah, the Cy Young Award is so fascinating, Sarah, because it was a runaway for the most of the year. You know, it was, hey, when can I get Jacob DeGrom at a good price? You know, is minus 150 a good price? Is minus 200? He's just been so dominant. And then now the injury has set in. And I know not too long ago, you guys were talking about it on your podcast, and there was some quality info out there about who could potentially win uh, both league Cy Youngs. Let's start with the NL. Uh, when you look at it, you know, Walker Bueller, Zach Wheeler got lit up a little bit the other day by the Nationals, but nothing too bad. Uh, the, the boys in, in Milwaukee with Woodruff and Burns. So when you look at the NL Cy Young, anything jump out at you right now? I think you brought up a good point with, staying away from DeGrom before his injury. There was obviously a few things that kind of showed he was having a few injury concerns down the stretch. Obviously the best pitcher in the game, but because of his lack of starts, I should say now, he's probably out of the question to win the Cy Young. And there's a few guys that stand out to me, and you know that baseball really is my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. This is something, uh, an award that I've really been looking into for the past month or two. And two guys that I've been into that I, I really think have a, have a solid shot. I'm going to leave the Milwaukee boys out of it, although those are really good options. I, took a, I did take a chance with Zach Wheeler, and to your point, not his best outing against the Mats, third and fourth time around yesterday. But still, his numbers are, are, are pretty outstanding. His ERA is seventh best in the league. His K's, his strikeouts, rather, might be first in all of baseball by the time this season wraps up. But the one question I think we have to ask ourselves when looking at this is are the Philadelphia Phillies, are they going to make the playoffs? And that I'm not 100% sure. I think if they do, it's largely in part because he's helping them rack up some wins and obviously some more strikeouts along the way with his low ERA. So Zach Wheeler's a guy that I've been high on. He's having a tremendous season. But another one is Kevin Gosman, and this is a pitcher who's been ridiculous to follow in a team that I did not see having the season they were going to leading into the 2021 MLB season. Kevin Gosman's been uh, terrific, an ERA of 2.35, I believe. Strikeouts are pretty similar to Zach Wheeler. His whip's incredible, but this is a guy that's now leading his team along with a few other great starting pitchers to the playoffs in a division that is so difficult. I heard you guys talking about the Dodgers before I came on. The Dodgers, the Padres, and then you have the Giants leading the way now with the Dodgers. It's pretty outstanding. So, so Kevin Gosman, I think, has a, has a real shot. And at 12-1 to 1 when I bought in, I would love nothing more than to see one of your old neighbors in Baltimore here, Kevin Gosman, uh, win the Cy Young in the National League. Called his first ever professional baseball game. I have to throw that in any time. Uh, and, That's awesome. And he used to eat a bag of powdered donuts. The Orioles quickly got rid of this, but that was his, like, M.O. He used to do this crow hop before his first pitch. And I think, if I remember correctly, I was in... His debut was at, I think, State College, Pennsylvania against the State College Spikes. The Spikes, was, yeah. the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And, uh, yeah, he had a big old hostess bag of, of powdered donuts. If, if anyone is so ambitious, you could find it somewhere <laughs> on my Twitter feed in 2012, that bag of powdered donuts. So I had to throw that in there. Anytime we got Kevin Gosman. We got to what the Giants are feeding him now. I don't think it's powdered donuts. <laughs> it's something going right there. 
Uh, Tim, that's ironic. That's the way I prepared for the show. Yeah, tonight, I know. The powdered donuts. But uh, uh, Sarah, I want I want to look at the the AL side of this for the Cy Young because this this race has been pretty messy the whole year. Lance Lynn now the uh, favorite. Uh, Garrett Cole has been the favorite for some time. Rodon as well. What are your thoughts on this award? Getting choked up over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm emotional, too, talking about Lance Lynn. Um, Lance Lynn is my guy. 4-1 to one is when I took him to win the American League Cy Young, and I went back two days ago talking about it. I know a lot of books, like points that at minus 125, probably similar plus 100 over at DraftKings and FanDuel. But, um, yeah, I think, I think Lance Lynn does walk away with this award, and I'd be thrilled to see it. Uh, he's been tremendous. ZRA is top of the line, 207. And his win-loss column is tremendous. Ten wins on the season, I think, so three losses now. Not to mention he's on a team, you talked about Rodon, that obviously has just ran away with this division, rightfully so. I would love to see them win the American League. So, for me, I think after he signed that extension, that's when I bought in because I knew pressure would be off of his back. He has a, a tremendous run support in the Chicago White Sox, a team that's going to go deep, and a coaching staff that I, I really have loved to see this season, particularly their pitching staff. So, Lamplin is it. Uh, Garrett Cole I understood the argument behind him, but I think when I saw a spin rate dip a little bit and so much money was taken on Garrett Cole for a while, it led me to stay away, not to mention the AL East, just so tricky, so many, so many hitter-friendly ballparks, especially with that, as I mentioned, spider tack situation. So for me, Lance Lynn is it. I'm already full in on him, so I hope for the best, but this race has been really fun to follow. I'm talking to Sarah Perlman, uh, NBC Sports, points bet as wet. You can follow her on Twitter, at Sarah Perlman, always uh, tweeting out, uh, really good content there. Uh, before we get to football, I am just curious if you have any futures plays or your your opinion has changed when it comes to the World Series. You know, the Dodgers obviously going all in. Max Scherzer making his debut here tonight and pitching pretty well uh, to add with just an embarrassment of riches. Mookie Betts, uh, when Trey Turner is cleared from COVID protocols, you know, Mookie Betts and Trey Turner, I mean, that's just not fair atop that lineup. Uh, but their odds are short. And, and Sarah, as we know, uh, betting a, a you know big favorite in in baseball in the futures market is is a dangerous proposition. So any team jumping out at you right now uh, in the futures market or any tickets that you have in pocket when it comes to the World Series? Nothing in terms of the World Series. The tickets I have were those, but MVP I did have Shohei. So let's hope that comes there home. Go. giving a good run, but no, I think you said it perfectly. And and for me, I have not had that any futures in the World Series market. I think the Dodgers make sense why they are the betting favorite for a lot of places, especially you. You are a you're a Nats guy. Seeing Max Scherzer and Trade Turner there, if they can get any more lethal, I guess they can add Hamels and hope he adds to that rotation as yeah. well. But. I think the Dodgers are pretty stacked. It'd be hard to go against them. That being said, um, a team that I feel like is going to be the White Sox, and obviously they're a favorite as well. It's going to be the White Sox. I like the Rays, and I'm going to look to see how the Red Sox do down this stretch, getting Chris Sale back before I put any futures uh, in the World Series. I might bet a game-to-game when it comes down because I wouldn't be surprised now if we see some Milwaukee guys pulling it together still and going that way. So for me, it's too risky with baseball to bet this early. I didn't get a future early enough, and the Dodgers were such a favorite all year long. And they do what the Dodgers do, and that's spend money and get a good team going. So it's hard to fade them right now. <laughs> Sarah, I want to I want to go over to the NFL. By the way, Tim, uh, my voice uh, somehow it's back. It's back, which is which is a good development. You were just upset that you didn't get in I, as I, early as Sarah did on I, Lance Lynn. Hey, look, uh, uh, <laughs> Sarah, Mike Palm, very smart people <laughs> all over Lance Lynn in that market. But I want to go over the NFL here. Uh, when I was on a numbers game last week, I actually 
said the Cleveland Browns are not only going to come out of the AFC, they're going to actually lift the Lombardi for the first time in franchise history in L.A. in February. Uh, Sarah, what, what are your thoughts on the Browns and, of course, in a division with the Baltimore Ravens, who are currently the, the division favorite in the AFC North? Yeah, this is a really exciting division, and I'll be curious to see who ultimately wins and how they do that on the push, but I am with you. You know, when Tim and I did a show together, we talked about the Browns being the darlings out in Vegas, and it's funny now, I'm like, wow, they, they really should be, and they're probably not as talked about. For me, I love the Cleveland Browns. There's a lot to like about this team, and I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield backer by any means, but I love Kevin Stefanski. Odell Beckham's now coming back, and I think if we look at Baker Mayfield did last year and his offensive uh, I guess steps moving forward throughout this past season have been a lot better. And then the fact that the matter is their defense was a little shaky last year, but they made a really big effort to bolster their defense. And that I think is going to be the biggest difference maker for them. I love Sony to help the pass rush. Like I mentioned, love the coaching staff with OBJ coming back and Baker Mayfield coming off of a year where I think he threw eight interceptions last year, really solid play all around. I do feel like, this is the Cleveland Browns year. And then my brother-in-law is a huge Browns fan, so I can't really say that out loud too many times. But um, as a better, I'm, I'm, on, I'm in on this Cleveland Browns team. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I like the Browns. I like what they've done. Um, obviously, getting rid of Freddie Kitchens, uh, anybody, uh, with a, with a brain was better than him, and they bring in a really good coach. And Kevin Stefanski wins Coach of the Year. The the tricky part is Sarah, and you know we had Warren Sharp on the show, and obviously you chat with Warren quite a bit too over there at NBC. Um, he he thinks there's a little. He thinks that the Ravens are a bit undervalued, and you can find some spots where they're you know the second favorite to come out of the AFC North. It's going to be so interesting to look at that division. Um, and I, I kind of agree. I, I've kind of gotten to the point now where I think mm-hmm. if you can get a plus 130, plus 140 on the Ravens to win this division, I would look that way too. And I, I know you like the Ravens as well, so it's, it's kind of like deciding between two favorite children uh, who's going to come out of this division. Yeah, it's going to be super tough. For me, the win totals is something I've had a, a tricky time with as well. Ultimately, I think you could take the Browns or the Ravens, which I know sounds silly to come and win the AFC if you like this division so much because they're the cream of the crop, in my opinion. I mean, Lamar Jackson, I was talking to Warren about this last week as well, 30-7 and seven as a starter. He's been so good. And I think Sammy Watkins adding him and, of course, Rashad Bateman, who I know so people are, so many people are high on. I think it's going to give Lamar Jackson a different level of weapons that he's never had in his NFL career. So if he stays healthy, to your point, I, I do ultimately think this is going to be the team to beat. And I think they're favored in all of, what, two games probably, one versus KC and then at Cleveland. So the Ravens and Browns are the two best teams in the AFC along with the Chiefs, of course. But I, I happen to like the Ravens and Browns more than Kansas City this year. Sarah, I want, I want to go over to uh, award season in the NFL. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, the Trevor Lawrence, of course, the uh, the favorite. Uh, but looking down the board, there may be some value on that award just because there's other rookie quarterbacks that are down the board. Zach Wilson at ten to one, uh, Trey Lance, who very well may start at eight to one. What direction would you be looking to go with the Offensive Rookie of the Year award? I feel like I hear so much about Trey Lance. I need to jump on the train before it's too late. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not sold on the Patriots in a lot of ways. Uh, that being said, I recently just snagged Mac Jones at 12 to one. I think, I really do think by week five he's going to be the starting quarterback. So it led me to believe that if he can get in by week five and have a stellar rookie season with obviously an experienced head. 
with him with the tight end crew they brought in. I think this is a very good opportunity with Hunter Henry and Smith and, and Aguilar. I, I do think this offense fits a guy like Mac Jones. And just about what I've been reading and talking to some people with NBC Sports Boston over the last week, it seems like Cam is okay at this point. But I just they would not be surprised either after the first few weeks and their tougher beginning of the schedule shakes out that the Patriots ultimately make the move and have their quarterback for the future in Mac Jones. And if you look at their schedule, they have a pretty easy schedule after the first month, and especially with their past defenses. If you guys look at Warren's book, which I've been reading like crazy, I he predicts that they're going to play the third, I think, easiest past defense schedule the rest of the season after they get through week six. So for me, I like Mac Jones at 12-1. to 1. I like that he's kind of being overlooked by obviously the favorite in Trevor Lawrence and now Trey Lance. All right, Sarah, before we let you run, Sarah Perlman joining us at Sarah Perlman. Make sure to check her out on Twitter and all of the content she puts out over at NBC. Uh, I do want to go back to one win total. It's one that I targeted early, uh, and I'm glad I didn't play it right away because it started to get really juiced, and then the Julio Jones trade happened. I felt like buzz started <laughs> to go away. I-, I like this Falcons team. I've got a Kyle Pitts ticket for him to win Rookie of the Year. I know pass catchers don't often win it. I just think he's a rare specimen. And I think Matt Ryan's going to be in love with Kyle Pitts uh, down there in Atlanta. Dan Quinn out, Arthur Smith in. Uh, They're going to be scoring a ton of points this year. Over under at seven and a half wins. Which way are you looking on the uh, Atlanta Falcons? Well, I'm going over, and the fact that you love a Florida, Florida grad that much, <laughs> I've been on this with you. Yes, Kyle Pitts is a, a rare uh, species and freak athlete. I think this is going to be a tremendous play. I think they get to eight wins. And I also love Arthur Smith, Coach of the Year. found that today, 16-1. to one. I think he's tremendous in what we've seen him do in the play-calling aspect with the Titans prior and now getting Matt Ryan, who obviously a lot of analysts are high on. But I think Calvin Ridley and, and Kyle Pitts give this offense more of a dynamic um, dynamic offense that we've seen then with Julio dealing with some injuries. I don't think it was the worst thing to happen. Not to mention, I think if you just look at their division, yes, they have Tampa, but the Saints and Panthers, I think, took a pretty decent step back. So for me, I just think with that number, uh, number four overall pick leaving, uh, excuse me, going to Atlanta and having Arthur Smith, I think they get to eight wins. Yeah, we'll have to have another discussion another day about the Florida Gators. No Kyle Pitts, no Kyle Trask. Uh, could be a, could be an interesting one for your alma mater there, but that, we don't have time. We don't have time. To, <laughs> we, we don't have enough time uh, like Jimmy Kimmel with Matt Damon. We ran out of time, Sarah. So, hey, Sarah, always a pleasure. Thanks for staying up late and uh, enjoy my old neck of the woods. Yeah, you guys are the best. Take care. There she is, Sarah Perlman, at Sarah Perlman on Twitter. Does incredible work over at NBC. See sports. I like to say I taught her everything she knows, but I def- definitely did not. Uh, I was just I was holding her back. So uh, she's thriving. Follow her on Twitter. Some great insight there, uh, especially when it comes to baseball. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. We'll get you updated. I think we had a world record just shattered. I'll tell you what happened there. Over in Tokyo, it is the nightcap on Vison. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I got excited. It wasn't a world record. It was just an Olympic record. But still, we will take it. Ryan Krauser, now a two-time Olympic champion in shot put. He gets it done. He wins uh, and sets the Olympic record. The way that the uh, the camera angle was, it threw me off, Jeff. I, I thought I where did. it landed, it was by the WR out there. It's actually kind of really well done uh, for the shot put. They, they just put it out in the field like, this is where the world record is. Um, it's I guess it's one of the only sports where you could really do that. Um, so he wins it. Uh, pretty cool moment. Wrote on a piece of paper and held it up. It said, Grandpa, we did it. 2020 Olympic champion. So Ryan Krauser from the United States and uh, Joe Kovacs. Sure, I'm 
messing that up. K-O-V-A-C-S. He wins the silver in uh, in shot put. So a 1-2 finish there for the United States. It's uh, not been the most uh, encouraging day, to say the least, Jeff, when it comes to uh, United States track and field. The field doing well. The track, eh, not so much. Uh, Grant Holloway, minus 700 favor. Still got silver. Uh, and then the United States men's 4 by 100 relay did not qualify for the final. They were minus 400 favorites. But, hey, 1-2 and uh, shot put. We'll take it. Go. Go USA. Gold and silver is a good thing. It's a good, great thing. It's a good thing. It's a phenomenal thing. Also, a good thing is winning bets. Yes. Dodgers, first five. Kaching up 7-2. Bottom of the fifth inning. Uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, the prop bets. We, we, we put up uh, some of those prop plays here, uh, and we talked about them early. Uh, first five over, easy winner. Michael Brantley, home run off Max Scherzer in the first inning, plus 500. Mookie Betts, homered in the first and in the second inning, plus 275 on a homer. Will Smith went yard, plus 250. A.J. Pollock went yard. He's not even on that list, and uh, he went yard as well. So 7-2, the Astros, or sorry, the Dodgers lead the Astros. Max Scherzer, not to his over just yet. He's at seven strikeouts, Jeff, uh, right now. And uh, the over was minus 115 both ways. The under on Jaco DeRizzi strikeouts does come home as he finishes with just three strikeouts. So a big-time showdown out at Chavez Ravine and the Dodgers leading 7-2. to two. And uh, that's why I like betting first fives because you trust in the starting pitcher. You don't trust in the bullpen. Now, if the Dodgers blow this, that would be, that would be something uh, for them to, uh, to mess this up. But you don't have to worry about it. For you, what is your, you know, Scott Seidenberg has filled in on this show quite a bit. Uh, he and I, I think, now, you and Scott certainly bet far more baseball than I do. He bets more than I do now. Uh, but he bets. He's it. on a hot streak, too. He is, yeah. Um, but do you bet more first fives or full games? Okay, so this is my betting pattern for the most part okay. at this point. If I'm betting totals, it's, if it's a first five bet, it's an under. If it's a full game, it's an over. Sure. It all depends on the starting pitcher. If if it's starting, it, I'll look to take dogs in the first five when there's either a pitching advantage on my side with the dog or it's even. Take We'll take Sunday, for example, in Miami. The Marlins with Sandy Alcantara, who's pitched really well this year, was they were plus 135 first five. Mm -hmm. They win the first five, one nothing. They lose the game. So that would be that's the way that I would do it. Again, it's just you're picking your spots like with the Padres yesterday and the Padres today. Yep. You just don't see them as a dog very often, especially as big of a dog as they were yesterday at plus one forty six. And then today with Musgrove, one of their better pitchers as high at plus one fifteen. Again, ended horribly, but what are you going to do there? By the way, I got home on one of my totals as well. Thanks to one of the more hilarious misplays I think I've seen all year by the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, what It was somehow ruled a double for Jock Peterson. A line drive to right that went in and out of the glove of, of uh, Dylan Carlson. The ball squirted away, and then Harrison Bader and Dylan Carlson ran into each other, causing a second run to score. So a job well done by the Cardinals, who have just had a miserable go of it this year. Um, I want to turn our attention real quickly to the NL East. Yes. Because terrible division. It is a terrible division, but it's competitive. And I think it's going to be fun down the stretch. Uh, the Braves, who I bet <laughs> preseason win the World Series, that's looking good. Uh, they're winning games now. And they are an inning away from beating the Cardinals. 
The Phillies beat the Nats again today. And the Mets won down in Miami. So you look at those odds right now. Phillies and Braves, I think, very much live dogs. Phillies a game and a half back. Atlanta, after assuming this result holds, uh, they will get back to two and a half games back in the NL East. The Mets are still winning this division. You have to say that. Off air, he's not that confident. I'm not that confident. I I have to stick with it, though. After his scolding by Stanford Steve, he can't back down. I've got that video ready to go if the Mets fall apart here. I hope for your sake they don't. I hope they don't either. For our show's sake, (laughs) I do hope they fall apart because it's just great content. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. Keep on rolling here. College Football Betting Guide is here, folks. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every single team out there. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college betting guide today for only $19.99 or start they're really excited there. See that high pitch? They're really excited. You didn't lose your voice? All access trial today, vcin.com backslash subscribe. If you're looking for college football content, it's coming your way. Top of the hour, the wizard of odds, Kenny White, will join us. Always love talking to Kenny. He certainly will be a regular on this program all throughout college football season, and he's uh, all over the network as well. So always love chatting with Kenny. He will join us at the top of the hour, so you're going to want to stick around to for that also near the top of the hour 12:15 eastern 9:15 pacific the united states men's basketball team hopefully uh the 4x100 relay was not a foreshadowing of the usa basketball team uh usa and australia tonight and australia coming into this tournament uh or coming into these olympic games correct me if i'm wrong second favorite to win the gold medal Pre-tournament, yes. Yeah, they were around ten to one or so. Yeah, well, remember, some people got twenty to one. So, though. so they were the third or fourth team, and then they beat Team USA here in Vegas, and then they shot straight up the board. So they were the second favorite going in, and now they're last of the four teams entering tonight. Again, not much of a shock when you're a twelve, a 12 or eleven and a half Underdogs, point dog maybe. against Team USA, who, again, usually Tim. Uh, <laughs> Usually expect races to get tighter as you get less teams, and Team USA now, of course, is uh, it has gotten longer and longer as the tournament has gone along here. Yeah, there were some minus two hundreds pre-tournament out there, pre-quarter finals, and I thought that was a good price. Not here at Circa, I think it was like minus two sixty or so. Uh, two for, and a quarter was good too, Tim. Yeah, um, but now at two eighty-five, um, I, I would say, and I thought you made a great point yesterday. If you like Australia to win tonight, they're as high as plus 550, I see, in town at some spots, including South Point. Play Australia to win the gold medal. I really believe if they win tonight, they win the gold medal. I, I know there's Slovenia, um, and France is no slouch. I think if Australia gets over this hurdle in the United States, which is a big hurdle as a 12-point dog, I would absolutely bet Australia right now to win the gold. So uh, I know some people, I think JVT included in that, have Australia 20 to 1 to win the gold medal. 
great number. Uh, and certainly you like where you sit right now. You would have preferred a draw on the other side of the bracket from the United States uh, instead of getting them in the semifinals. But if you like the Aussies tonight to win outright, I wouldn't bet them. I would bet Australia, or I mean, I would take the points, obviously, but I, I would bet Australia to win the gold medal because I truly believe the winner of this game, in my opinion tonight, barring injuries or anything like that, wins the gold medal on Friday. I don't disagree with you. I, again, I that's why I, I said that last night, like yep. you said, Tim. And I just have a hard time seeing Team USA losing to the same team twice in three and a half weeks. Not happening. That's really oh that, oh. I, I was I thought you were talking about France. Well, and, and Australia too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Works, Australia fits the bill. It actually too. works for two out of the other yeah. three teams left because they haven't seen Slovenia yet. Uh, but look, I, again, you're talking about an Aussie team that's. Rich in international experience. Mm-hmm. They have a good amount of NBA talent. And Patty Mills, like Ricky Rubio in the quarterfinal, which, by the way, Ricky Rubio had the most points ever by an opponent against Team USA. <laughs> How is that possible? That, that that could have been happening. Oh, by the way, Spain didn't even cover the early numbers, even with right. Ricky Rubio having the best single output. Because Pau Gasol is 100. And, oh, and, Rudy, and, Rudy, and Rudy Fernandez and Mar- two fouls before you blink. And Mark Gasol is 30. <laughs> Seven. Hey, key cog to the Lakers now. Come on now. Don't don't go after Mark. <laughs> that is true. Come on, Tim. But look, uh, for, for, for this one tonight, again, I would only take with Australia. And look, uh, that first quarter, first half angle, I think is better than the full game, Tim. We just have seen Team USA start so slow in all of these. Even the Iran game, they were still a, a slow starter in that one. It took them until the second quarter to just blow the doors off of the Iranians in that one, Tim. Yeah, um, and, and obviously the the talent was, I mean, I mean the talent. The talent was ridiculous. For, the talent for every game that the United States is in is is a, a massive uh, difference. But for Iran, the only team in the field without an NBA player, uh, we we me and uh, Scott Seidenberg that night uh, broke that one down pretty well. I thought. Um, by the way, are they? Giving us a countdown. No, it's only a few. Oh, come on. Don't give us the false hope there, guys. I got excited for a second. I was like, wait, is this actually going to be on television? No, no, it's going to be on Peacock. So we were watching that here on our computers. Um, just going back to what we've discussed, yeah. I mean, this this is a team that, that can really shoot it uh, in Australia. And, and the United States, you know, it, what's been interesting is I'm a big Dame fan. I love watching Damian Lillard. He's really struggled in international play. And, mm-hmm. and maybe today is a game that he can, you know, against a guy like Patty Mills, maybe find his stroke. He's struggled. He really hasn't shot the ball all that well. Zach Levine has really played well. You mentioned Jason Tatum as we have the props up for those watching on vcin.com. Um, You know, a couple guys I would look at. Devin Booker had nine against Spain. He's a starter. Um, I-, I could see him getting hot. Um, so over nine and a half is a, is an intriguing play there. I, I would stay away. What about Kevin Durant? Twenty five and a half. Uh, by the way, my play on this game. I've said it a couple times. I'll just reiterate. I've got Australia plus six and a half in the first half. I've got Australia for twelve for the entire game. I think it's I think it's one of those just annoyingly close games that we've seen over the past couple of Olympics. I think this is the best, the second best team in the field. Uh, this is no knock on Slovenia or France. I think Australia is the second-best team, and I, I do think they keep this thing close. Would I be surprised if it's a blot? No, because the United States has Kevin Durant, has Drew Holiday, has Jason Tatum, has Devin Booker. I mean, they have all-stars all over the place, but I, I like Australia as a team. I took the points, and I took the first-half points as well. But Kevin Durant, 25-and-a-half. 
He just had 29 against Spain. He was terrific in the second half. And it's starting to feel like, which is unusual for the United States for the most part, Jeff, they're just saying, big man, take care of business. You know, not full-on Brooklyn net, but this is what they should do. Yeah, Look at absolutely. what Slovenia is doing. I'm not saying that the, the, the secondary pieces on the United States are comparable to the secondary pieces on the Slovenian team, but Kevin Durant is your best player. He's playing out of his mind. Let the big man eat. So I wouldn't play under. I'll stay away. But uh, for the United States' hopes, honestly, I hope he goes off. I wouldn't bet the under. Yeah. That's for sure. You want to get in front of that? No, that's the same thing. 25 and a half? Same deal as get in front of the Luka train. There's some things you just don't want to get yourself in front of, even if you think it's the right side to be in front of that train. Well, apparently tackling dummies want to get in front of Jameis Winston. (laughs) Have you seen that video? We'll keep our discussion of a division a day. It's the NFC South today. Some player props. On the other side, it's the nightcap here on Decent. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Indeed's instant match searches through millions of resumes in Indeed's database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. Find out more at Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VSIN coming up top of the hour. Talk some college football. By the way, college football betting guide is out. VSIN.com backslash subscribe. You get our all access uh, subscription right now. That includes our betting guides, or if you just want to buy them by themselves, $19.99. So check that out. But some college football coming your way, top of the hour. And how about Kenny White promoting a little tease on Twitter? Love what I'm seeing, Kenny. Well done. Kenny just tweeted out USA, Australia in 40 minutes. I'm on the nightcap on VSIN at nine, and I'll pass along what I bet on the game. Yeah, Kenny, you tease out your hit with us. Beautiful. Kenny, by the way, I have to talk to him about it. He's really upping his Twitter game. Humans has been on him about the Twitter game for quite some time. So uh, Kenny is, uh, he's been a tweeting machine. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a hold tweeting hold machine. Hold on a second. Humans. Humans is on someone for their Twitter game? What? <laughs> hey. Man, I love you, buddy. But come on now. <laughs> Let's be realistic, Tim. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, at KYD Vegas, if you want to check out that tweet. But, yeah, Kenny coming up in 20 minutes. We'll get some college football. Always love talking to Kenny, and uh, we will chat with him here in just a little bit. All right, a division a day. We keep it rolling. NFC South is our topic du jour. We talked to Fletcher Mackle from down in Nolens earlier. Um, said he can't envision anyone taking care of the Buccaneers. Uh, and, and, you know, what he discussed, I, I tended to agree with, where I, I am not a big believer in the Saints. And I know when Sean King was in here a couple weeks ago, he kind of gave me a stern lecturing why I should be backing the Saints and believing in them with Jameis, with, uh, you know, he's a huge believer in Sean Payton, which I get. Uh, but I think the Falcons are, are right there with the Saints. I know it's crazy. I just think they have a really unique offense i think it'd be fun to watch so let's get in some prop bets uh season prop bets and we'll start with the quarterbacks and passing yards and passing touchdowns uh and matt ryan is at 4450 over under is 29 and a half touchdowns um if you're wondering about durability for matt ryan do you know how many games he's missed in his career three the dude doesn't get hurt knock on wood Knock on wood. Knock on wood. 16, 14, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16. I've lost count. He played 15 in 2019, all 16 last year. So if you're worried about could he get injured, obviously anything could happen, but he has been very durable over his career. Last year, 4,581 yards. Year before, 4,466 yards. Year before, 4,900. 24 yards. Year before, 4,095. Year before, 4,944. 4,591. 4,694. 4,515. 4,719. Jeff, are you picking up on a pattern? The dude throws for a lot of yards. The Falcons' defense stinks, 
Give me the over. The dude has eclipsed that number that you see right there every year since 2012 except for 2017, and you get an additional game. I know Julio Jones is gone. Kyle Pitts is going to get a ton of receptions. Over, please, on Matt Ryan. How about this, Tim? How about Matt Ryan to lead the league in passing yards at 14 to 1? Yes. Yes, How about please. that? How about that? We brought that I, up uh, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it. I, I, I don't know if you were in or, or whoever, but I think what you have to remember is that the Falcons' defense, I'll reiterate, stinks. They're very bad. And Matt Ryan's going to be throwing the football a lot. And they'll also be behind in games yes. late, too. So that's, again... I like his over. I actually like that prop, too, at 14-1 to to lead the league in passing. The only problem is Dak Prescott may be the guy that blows that up, who's currently the second favorite at 6-1. to That could happen. But but 14-1 to on Ryan, that that sounds pretty good to me. On the other guys there, uh, real quick, uh, because there's no no numbers on the New Orleans guys, because we don't know who is going to start yet. Tom Brady at 36-and-a-half. Touchdown passes feels like a big number, Tim. He had 40 last year. But he had 40 last year when he was learning the offense. And they lead the league. Tampa Bay led the league in red zone passing attempts last year. And there's no reason that they won't lead the league again in red zone passing attempts. Them and Green Bay were 1-2. So even though it's a huge number at 36.5, kind of like that over on Brady touchdown passes. And then with Sam Darnold, I know we have 17 games. I know it's a, a new system. I know he's away from Adam Gase. But how is he getting the 4,000 yards passing? How is that? How is he getting there? And also, too, Darnold has missed multiple games in every year, every year of his career so far. The foot injury is rookie year. The mononucleosis in year two. And the in, multiple injuries that befell them last year as well, Tim. So, uh, look, I, I don't see how Darnold's getting the four, uh, getting over the 3,950, which is essentially 4,000 yards. I don't see how Darnold gets there. I'm not going to touch it because, you know, the power of the ginger who's calling those plays, Joe Brady. Oh, the power of being away from Adam Gase. I, too. Yeah, that too. Uh, I believe in Joe Brady, but I'm not going to play it over. I'm not going to play it under. The Brady one is interesting because I think on first glance, you're like, whoa, that's a ton of yards. It is. Also, Tom Brady, did you know, was third in the league in passing yards last year for 4,633? He was only behind Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, just slightly ahead of Matt Ryan, which, by the way, Matt Ryan over, because, in my opinion, you look at, to me, I think Tom Brady and Matt Ryan should almost be equal in passing yards. No? You know, last year, Tom Brady threw for... 50 more yards than Matt Ryan. And there's the possibility week 17, who knows where this Tampa team is, Tom Brady may not play week 17 if they don't need him to, if they've if they've got things clinched up and what is a pretty weak division. So um, I, I probably wouldn't touch Tom Brady passing yards. Uh, you, you can't really look at what he did uh, in New England all that much, but uh, he's thrown for over 4,000 yards each of the last four seasons. He's eclipsed that number, 4,750, just once in the last six seasons. That said, we have that 17th game, but how confident are you that he's playing Week 17? That's where I would be worried if you played the over on Tom Brady. Is he playing Week 17? Week 18. 
Week 18, excuse me. Is he playing week 18? Is he playing that 17th game? Because obviously the numbers are baked in. Last year he threw for 4,633 yards. He played all 16 games. But they were a wild card team last year. They are the odds-on favorite to win this division. The Saints have taken a step back. The Falcons and Panthers aren't there yet. Do we think Tom Brady's playing week 18? I wouldn't be so sure. So that's why I would stay away on Brady over. So the one thing I will say, though, Tim, with that, is Tampa could be playing for the number one seed. That's true. Which, again, in the past, there wasn't that much of a difference between one and two as long as you got the bye. Obviously now, and we saw it in the AFC matter last year. It didn't matter in the NFC because Tampa rolled through three road road games and en route to winning the Super Bowl in their home stadium. But getting the one seed will matter. The only thing is, though, Tampa may be the only team that's like, you know what? We already have the division on wraps. We're good. We're okay. It doesn't matter what seed we're at. We go on the road for the NFC Championship. We, whatever. We went on the road for three straight games. Legitimately and we, went to Lambeau. And the, we won quarter. them all. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think Bruce Arians might look at his quarterback and be like, what do you want to do? I mean, that's honestly <laughs> what Bruce Arians He'll probably wanna, would Brady, do. Brady will want to play that. That is true. He, he would want to. He would want to play. All right, let's get to some running back props. Uh, we'll start with Christian McCaffrey because if you're a bookmaker, this has got to drive you crazy because what do you do? If he's healthy, he's one of the most dynamic running backs in the NFL. The big question is if he's healthy. Uh, only played three games last year dealing with all the injuries. He did play all 16 in 2019. He was all pro. He was unbelievable. He had over you know 2,000 yards of, of all-purpose yardage. Christian McCaffrey, 1,200. He rushed in 2019, Jeff, for 1,387. 2018, it was uh, 1,098. If you're Joe Brady, if you're Matt Rule, how much is Christian McCaffrey your, your bell cow knowing he's coming off a significant injury? He's so damn talented, uh, but I can't play over 1,200 just because I, I'm worried about the durability. None of these running running backs are playable at these numbers. None of them Ooh. in the entire division. You don't know about the health for McCaffrey. The Taysom Hill starting factor scares me with both of the running backs in New Orleans. Same deal with the with with, with Tampa. Just not knowing. We assume Fournette will get the bulk of the carries, but Ronald Jones is the better running back at this point. It's just a matter of can he stay out of Bruce Arians's doghouse, which we saw him in a lot last year. And then here's the thing. Mike Davis is the number one running back in Atlanta. You expect him to be around 800 yards, but the problem is Atlanta's going to be trailing so many games, Tim, that there's not going to be any put-the-game-away carries for Mike Davis. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I think that's why passing yards I love, rushing yards I don't. All right, let me point you to, uh, no relation, Latavius Murray. Touchdowns, four and a half. Last year he just had four. But years prior, five, six, eight, twelve. Six and two. Now, some of that is Minnesota. Some of that is in Oakland. He is your your power, more powerful back. Uh, if you get inside the red zone, and it's not Taysom Hill, that's where the caveat is. You know, does Sean Payton and his fascination with a 31-year-old tight end does that lead to him? You know, doing those Tebow type of plays. So that might uh, make you worry some. I think Latavius Murray four and a half touchdowns is an interesting look to the over. Uh, last year, four. Year before, five in New Orleans. So uh, you split the difference. That's why you got four and a half. Uh, I would lean towards the over on Latavius Murray. If I had to make a play on this board, something over. 
But the, but the Taysom Hill curiosity, just, 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 again, it, that's, what, that's what makes the, you. The, the running back prop that I like the most, but again, Hill Hill is looming on this. Kamara over 73 uh, and a half receptions I like, yeah. but if it's Hill, he's probably not going to get there. I like Matt Ryan over passing yards. Did I mention that? I think so, too. Okay. Kenny White going to join us. He's got a play on Australia, USA. Don't go against me, Kenny. Don't be going against me. It's a nightcap here on VEASAN. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.